All right, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast world, we are back for another round of Case Closed. So for this case, we are presented with a three-year-old who comes to the clinic with a new limp. That is your chief complaint. What kind of historical things might you want to be thinking about and asking the parents, Ashley? Oh, this is my, this is the worst, by the way. Um, okay, so you want to know, like, how long did it start this morning after they fell off the couch? Or is this kind of a thing that's been going on for a couple weeks, uh, even months, and kind of getting worse? So more like the chronicity of it? Absolutely. So assessing the timing is key because that's really going to tell you, like, did they just do this and is it a fracture or has this been going on months and it's potentially something very ominous like bone cancer? But in, in our case, the parents tell you that the child started limping yesterday. They don't remember any kind of trauma event um, that happened around that, and the kid just really doesn't want to bear a weight on their left leg. And they're like, what did you say, three? Three years old. Okay. Well, um, I like to try and make them walk first, because then a lot of times just looking at them walk will tell you a lot, you know? Like, where is the, the pain kind of from? But I think we'll get to that in a second. From more of, like, a historical standpoint, any fevers, any, like, viral symptoms? Yeah, definitely. So in, in our patient's case, uh, no fevers. Um, and the they did have a kind of, like, upper respiratory illness about two weeks ago, parents say. But otherwise, it's been healthy. Like, all three-year-olds have a respiratory illness within the last two weeks? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So it's just want to make it easy just, on you. I know it's completely just you know hilarious that we ask that. Um, okay. So can I go to exam? Because a lot of times in these three year olds, like I just go to the exam. Yeah. No, for sure. And like you said, assessing the gait is probably first and foremost. You watch the child. The parents have to help him off of the bed because he doesn't really want to put weight down. And then when they put him down, he stands and kind of puts toes down and gives you that little, you know, pretty sad looking limp over to the parents, not really wanting to put weight on the left leg. Got it. Okay. Anything else on your exam that you want to look for? Yeah, I always look at the bottom of the foot because, you know, sometimes they stepped on something and that's why it hurts because there's like a foreign body in their heel, which, you know, happens. Um, And then I like to range the hip myself and see how... You know, because I know that we didn't really say this, but in kids, it's often the hip. So I like usually focus on the hip, even if they say it's knee pain or something, it's often the hip. So the hip is like the most common reason for the limp from an osteo, not osteo, from an orthopedic standpoint. But um, I also think of other things like, is it the belly? So I always make sure I do a really good belly exam. And I think we'll get to this in a second. But I always look at the testicles if it's a boy to make sure there's not a torsion. Yeah, and those are great things that can be limp mimics, right? So we definitely want to make sure that we're covering all those. Um, From the physical exam point, other things, uh, you know, looking for any kind of bruising, uh, petechial rash, any kind of other rash that can clue you in. Is there something else going on in this patient? Um, For your patient here their the remainder of their head to toe is pretty normal um they will let you range their uh their left leg 
give you they give you a little bit of resistance but are not overtly uncomfortable when you're putting them through range of motion uh, maybe a little bit tender on the lateral aspect um, of the left hip but nothing really else remarkable okay so differential I think you covered a lot of them here but just for putting it all together sake what do you think for a differential diagnosis fracture is the easy one you know foreign body in the foot other things like if the the time course doesn't work but if this was an older kid um then i would think things like uh skiffy you know or um what's the other thing skiffy versus leg cap perths thank you i would think uh skiffy or leg calf perthes uh disease those are also causes of limp Appy, we talked about torsion, we talked about myositis. I will tell you the one that I find a lot that I found more times than I ever thought I would find is leukemia because um, their bones hurt, so they will limp because the leukemia is like kind of invading the bones. Uh, so any kind of like cancer or bone cancer, obviously NAT, osteomyelitis. I think the big one we have we I haven't said is joint like hip infection so hips are the most common infected joint in kids so I think about that and then of course the thing it almost always is which is transient synovitis (laughs) it's like you go through all the other crap to prove that it's transient synovitis exactly and that does happen more often than not however there's some pretty bad things on that list that you just mentioned a lot of bad things uh, yeah yep so all right so if that's your differential what are you going to do for this three-year-old to kind of work them up and come up with your diagnosis? So my general approach, now this might be a little bit different than other people, but what I normally do is I give them a really good dose of ibuprofen and Tylenol, like a good true dose, and I order an x-ray. And while I'm waiting on the x-ray, the Tylenol and ibuprofen are kicking in. And then I go back and see them after the x-ray, and if the x-ray is normal and they're fine and they're running around the room, then I quit. I'm done. I just stop, and I call it transitionovitis. But if they still won't, then I'm going to probably go down the – I start doing the labs for the Coker criteria. That's my, that's my um, workflow, if that makes sense. So I would do a CBC and an ESR and a CRP and then um, put them in for a Coker criteria and then discuss with uh, ortho and all that. I don't know what you do. Yeah, no, pretty much the same way. I mean, any kid that's coming in to the ER for me or even the clinic in any kind of pain is getting a good dose of Tylenol or ibuprofen or both um, just for me to get a better exam and kind of see how their clinical course is while they're right in front of me. So definitely agree with that. Now, are you just imaging the hip or are you imaging any other parts of the leg? You know, it kind of depends on my exam because oftentimes I will just like mash on the knee and the kid doesn't care at all so I don't really do anything else you know I don't image it and again I'll like mash on the foot and if nothing is hurting the kid when I'm doing it then I'll just do the hip I agree with you uh I think you mentioned this too is often they come in complaining of knee pain and it actually ends up being the hip I think less often they come in complaining of, you know, hip pain or limp and it ends up being the knee. Um, but making sure that if you are given a knee patient that you are getting the hip to further evaluate. So totally agree. Um, what do you think about ultrasound? You know, here's the truth. I don't even know what to do with that information. Because, like, yeah, if there's an inf- effusion, 
basically, I only do an ultrasound if the Coker criteria is high, mostly for ortho, to say, is there something they can tap, you know, or how high at risk. But I don't know that the evidence has really given us a good way to do that yet, but correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. I, you're ultimately going to probably be given more information that you're trying to figure out. Ultimately, are you trying to figure out, does this kid need to be tapped or not? Um, if, if you're leading down an infectious cause, uh, assuming that our, you know, our, our exam has ruled out those mimics and our lab value, you know, our lab work has told us that we don't think that this is leukemia, um, and our x-rays ruled out any kind of fracture stuff. So we're, we're getting down that path. But all right, so I think that that is totally a reasonable approach. Um, we'll say in this case our kid has a uh, negative x-ray, did get labs because your nurses just got ahead of the game and got labs, and they were totally normal. You had a, a little bump in your CRP, like 2.0, but nothing super exciting with normal ESR. And after your Tylenol and ibuprofen, your kid is running around the room, ready to go. So what, what's our diagnosis? It's transient synovitis, which is, you know, a little inflammation of the hip capsule from a virus, and it's fine, and they'll be fine. Absolutely. So, but super common. Um, I think a lot of these kids do get the full workup to end up with that diagnosis, but because there's so many other bad things, uh, I think we got to work them up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, man, the, the limping child, I think it just makes everyone kind of go, ugh, you know, like you see it on the board. You're like, ugh, dang. Okay. It's kind of like when you see the like dizzy 92 year old on the board, which maybe our pediatrician <laughs> like won't, uh, won't appreciate, but you just kind of go, mm, okay, like I'll get up and I'll go do it. But it's just hard. It's probably nothing, but it could be something absolutely terrible. Right. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, I guess that's emergency medicine too, but yeah. No, limping child is hard, and I think it's probably harder for our outpatient pediatricians who have to do it because they don't have everything so quickly. You know, like they have to do this kind of as a stepwise approach, which I've had to do before actually when I used to do clinic, and it's painful So for everyone. Totally agree. All right, so from a board-relevant standpoint – um, we mentioned some of these things. So uh, like leg calf perth, that is usually going to be like a five to seven year old kid. They're going to come in typically with a painless limp um, that's been progressive. Uh, and when you get the x-ray, you're going to see avascular necrosis. And that is a pretty common board uh, question versus skiffy. Um, so the what subcapital is femoral... Slipped capital femoral epiphysis. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. So this is typically, they're going to give you like an uh, an adolescent, 12 to 14-year-old, boys greater than girls, um, and they're likely going to mention that they're overweight or obese. Uh, They're probably going to tell you that it's knee pain, uh, and that's going to be the one that's going to kind of trick you, so definitely want to think about the hips. And then when you're looking at one hip, you want to look at both hips. Um, And... On there, you're going to be looking for your uh, ice cream cone falling off. Um, so that is the slippage uh, of the um, the top of the uh, femur. That's the word. I, that's the word I'm looking. Femoral for. head, I think, is the word. That is the word if I'm looking for. If you were for. like a doctor or something, you might say that. 
Um, so th- those are big ones. Uh, the other one you can get for knee pain in a, in a young athletic child is going to be something like Osgood Schlatter. They're typically going to be tender over their anterior knee. Recent illness uh, is going to be uh, transient synovitis like, our, like we had for our patient. Fever and painful range of motion is septic joint until proven otherwise. So if they're giving you a kid that's limping and they're febrile and they won't really let you range, you have to prove that it's not. And a fracture and less than two years old, you definitely want to consider NAT um, if the fracture pattern is concerning. So your your um, corner fractures, your distal metaphyseal fractures, those are pathognomonic for NAT uh, posterior rib fractures. Obviously, that's not going to be in a limping child, but you definitely want to look further if the pattern is concerning. The spiral tibial fracture, though, that is a toddler's fracture that is very common in a two-year-old. They could come in limping, but that is not typically associated with NAT. So just some bored pearls. Ashley, you got anything else for us? No, I think that was pretty good. Maybe we all right, won't, well, we'll have to just go, ugh, every time we see it on the board. So limping child for this case, transient synovitis. Case closed.